This is Eighth Day Encouragement, a recap of the Sunday service, offering hope and faith from the Church of the Holy Trinity, Manhattan. You can find us online at holytrinity-nyc.org. Since last Sunday, uh, a lot of us feel like we've ridden an emotional roller coaster. From fear and worry to uh, fireworks and relief. After the storming of the U.S. Capitol a few weeks ago, we were not sure what to expect come Inauguration Day. I'm not sure the FBI knew what to expect either. But it was peaceful. It was joyful. It was incredibly reassuringly normal. As if that weren't enough, though, we've been riding the COVID roller coaster. Um, all around, the rates are increasing in scary ways, but right here in this zip code, it's still really, really low. People we know and love have uh, gotten vaccines or gotten appointments or vaccines, and then all of a sudden, a big stop in that process. So we get excited with the good news we hear, and then all of a sudden, there's nothing else to say, and we're sad again. Or maybe you have this sort of personality where you hold on to the good thing or the exciting thing, the hopeful thing, and you're walking around with it a little bit and you run into someone who has read something or seen something or, or just has a feeling. And it's as though they, they burst your bubble of hope and make you sort of sink to the ground. Those first followers of Jesus must have known that feeling of up and down and not really knowing how to feel from one minute to the next. Surely they had heard that John the Baptist had been arrested, and it wouldn't be long before John the Baptist was executed. And all those around Jesus, including Jesus, certainly would have known that one had to be careful about what one said that could rile up the, the Jewish temple authorities or, or make the Roman occupation angry. You wouldn't want to offend either one. And so a lot of people, most people, <coughs> excuse me, felt like it was just safer to lay low, to keep a low profile. Maybe like those people in our day, just ignore the news. Just pretend it's not happening. That's not what Jesus does at all, is it? He knew the risks, he knew the costs, and, and yet he just kept talking, he kept preaching, he kept healing, he kept calling people to follow him further, not away, but further into the heart and the intention and the love of God. Jesus calls people to embrace the good news. That term, good news, we hear a lot around church folk or Christian folk, and sometimes we run when we hear the word because we often associate it with um, maybe more conservative Christian traditions or more evangelical traditions. But that word evangelical comes right out of the Bible. Uh, evangel, evangelium is the Greek word, and it, it's made of two words. One means good or well, and the other is like angel, a messenger one who brings the news. And so literally, Jesus is saying, um, it's good news. 
It's something brought, it's something shared, it's a message, and it's good. It's for your good, it's for everyone's good. But what is this good news? <laughs> what is Jesus talking about? Well, it's, it's, it's basic in some ways. The good news is that God loves us so much that God came into the world in the form of Jesus Christ, in a human form, to, to be like us, to be beside us, to walk with us, to hold us, to heal us, to encourage us, to show us how to connect more deeply and more truly with God, the source of love. But what's even better is the good news gets better if we watch Jesus, if we follow him, because then we see that, that his way of love goes even through death and into new life again. And that's true not only for the big death with a capital D, but all the little deaths, those little paper-cutting deaths that that reduce us and that bring us down, that trouble us, that worry us, that, that bring anxiety into our world. In Matthew's Gospel, there's a wonderful uh, section where the religious leaders and authorities of the day sort of corner Jesus and they say to Jesus, show us a sign. How are we to know you're who you say you are? Show us a sign. And Jesus says, um, almost a little flippantly, you know, the only sign you're going to be given is the sign of Jonah. Well, scholars scratch their heads about this, and uh, PhD dissertations in theology are written, what is the sign of, of Jonah? Uh, most people would, would say that the sign of Jonah has to do with, with Jesus's death for three days and then resurrection from the tomb after the third day. That Jonah, in this first uh, this reading from Jonah that we heard earlier and the larger book from the Old Testament, um, Jonah involves an aspect where the prophet Jonah is, is in the belly of a whale or a big fish for three days and then is spit out. And so the sign of Jonah could mean that. It's simply another way of saying the only sign you'll get is resurrection, which is a pretty big sign. But I love the book of Jonah. And I, I read it from time to time. It's short. If you've never read, read it, read the whole thing. It's a great story. It's, you can find it online. It's, it's in the scriptures, of course, in the Old Testament. But really short. You can almost miss it. Um, but I love the story. The little snippet we heard earlier that Erlinda read can make Jonah sound like a hero in a way. Like he, he really knows what he's doing. And he exhorts the people of Nineveh. And they... They turn around and they follow God and everybody lives happily ever after. But that's not the whole story. When God comes to Jonah and says, I want you to go to Nineveh and prophesy against them. Tell them to shape up. Tell them that I've seen how evil they are and they need to change their ways or else. Well, Jonah has no hope at all in the people of Nineveh. He knows all about Nineveh and he wants no part of it. They're beyond hope. They're beyond uh, redemption. He thinks God is crazy to even worry about the Ninevites, and so Jonah ignores it. He does worse than ignore it. He runs from God. He goes in another direction, but God gets him. God goes after Jonah, and that's where the action gets interesting. Jonah's on a ship, and the, the storm comes, and so the people on the ship have the good sense to to try to figure out what's the problem, and they all look at Jonah, and they say, you must be the problem. 
And then Jonah confesses, well, actually, I've got this thing going on with God, and uh, it's not going so well right now. And so they toss Jonah over the ship. And that's where Jonah sinks to the bottom, but a big fish or a whale gobbles him up. <laughs> we don't have to believe in a big fish or a big whale or the, the literal nature of the story to get its message. All of us have probably had an experience where either to a dramatic extent or maybe a much lighter extent, we had this perception that God wanted us to do something or, or say something or, or, or address a certain situation, and we went in the opposite direction. And we went so far in the opposite direction until something, maybe not a big fish, but, but something caught our attention and turned us around to look at God again and, and accept the invitation that God was giving us. Well, that's what happens to Jonah. So eventually he goes to Nineveh, he prophesies, he tells them, you're wicked, wicked, wicked to the core. You've got to shape up and turn around. And guess what? They do. They do. They repent. They change their ways and they, they make some sort of uh, drastic amendment of life that's visible. And it makes an impression on God. We hear these amazing words from Scripture where God changes God's mind. And so the sign of Jonah, I think, has to do with, with the depth of God's love, not only for the ancient people of Nineveh, but for all of us, that, that God loves us that much to give us a second chance and a third chance and a tenth chance and a hundredth chance to never give up on us. Sometimes people picture God as somehow having a, a tally sheet of, of sins and, and good works. But that's not it at all. God is on our side over and against sin and evil and all the problems that would distance us from ourselves, from those we love, or from God. And so the sign of Jonah has to do with God's deep and abiding love for all of us. Jesus talks about this good news, this good news that God loves us more than we can possibly imagine. Jesus continues, in the face of a lot of bad news, to preach good news, to preach um, about love and justice and, and people being fed and the weak gaining their strength and the sick being made well. All of those are aspects of God's movement and God's life in our world that we can be a part of, that we can continue to, to look for and when we see it, point to and believe in and, and hope and look for even more of it. We all know we're living in a pandemic, and uh, trustworthy authorities tell us to get ready, that it might get worse before it gets better. We also know that political leaders, even if they're good and mean well, will usually disappoint us at some point or another. And we're all used to the fact that programs and policies and efforts, even the best ones, will often fail and sometimes succeed. But nevertheless, in the face of all of this, we have good news. It's engrafted in us when we're baptized. It becomes a part of us. We just have to be in touch with it and let it breathe out of us and move into the world. 
We have Christ's presence among us, moving and loving and praying and serving one another. We have the Holy Spirit's renewing life to help us stand again after we fall, to strengthen us when we're tired, and especially when we're doubtful, to give us even more new hope. So may the sign of Jonah and the love of Christ be with us all this day and into the new year. You've been listening to Eighth Day Encouragement. The Eighth Day is a Monday after the seven days of the week, but the Eighth Day also stands as a new creation outside the pattern of the usual seven. And so the Eighth Day symbolizes resurrection, hope, and the possibilities for new life. I'm John Bedingfield, the priest and rector at the Church of the Holy Trinity, Manhattan. I hope you'll come and visit us in person one day, but you can also worship with us through Facebook Live, follow us on YouTube, and learn more at holytrinity-nyc.org. God bless you this week and always.